Hi, my name is Hannah. Welcome to the Babel of Bible podcast. Um, today, I was originally going to be talking about um, joy and Philippians, kind of going through both of those. But then I wrote out and found some sources for my joy study, and it got way too long to have also Philippians in that because I was going to go through all of Philippians. So I'm going to have that be a separate video. Um, but that will be coming out very soon. I already have Ephesians, um, not all Ephesians, but Ephesians, um, specifically like about unity already up. Um, but I was also going to go through the rest of Ephesians at some point. Okay. So I guess the main takeaway from this study is going to be, um, not exactly joy, but how to be joyful and how the Bible says to be joyful. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm moving around getting comfortable. It's a long, it's a long study. So I took some of my stuff from gotquestions.org. Um, I wrote some of my own stuff in there. I found the specific verses it was, it was referencing and I went and like, like got them all and all that stuff. Um, and so the Bible tells us to be like Jesus. Uh, and since Jesus was joyful in just everything he did in his ministry, um, I have a few verses. So his enemies accused him of being too joyful uh, during certain occasions, like in Luke 7, verse 34. It says, The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Um, he performed his first miracle at a wedding when he changed water into wine, and he was so full of life that enemies called him like a drunkard and a, a, glu- a glutton, basically. Um, and he wasn't, uh, but there was like, he had genuine joy. And I believe if you don't have that joy in you, then you're not like how the Bible's calling you to be like Jesus, because Jesus was so known for being kind and joyful and like, he's, I mean, he's basically perfect, right? Um, I think people should always strive to be the best version of themselves according to the Bible, but that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be perfect, but the first step in that is um, being in joy. He uh, he also, like, encourages us to be, um, befriend, like, rejected people and sinners and all that stuff. He also describes himself as a bridegroom um, in Mark 2, 18 through 20. Uh, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Well, the bridegroom is with them. The attendants of the bridegroom cannot fast, can they? So as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and and then they will fast in that day. Um... So sorry. Um, I still have more verses for context, but he's basically like it's another thing of uh, being a bridegroom, which if you're a bridegroom, you're not going to be miserable, if that makes sense. Um, it's also saying he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit, uh, Luke 10, 21. And at the very time he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have given these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. Um, he also spoke of my joy, 
in John 15:11 when he said, "These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made Also in James 1:2 uh, through 4, it says, "Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything." Um this is the very first thing that James writes in his uh, letter um, after his salutation. And um, my notes, my notes, what happened? A lot of Christian thinks that a lot of Christians think that if they make like uh, a decision for God or are called to make a certain decision, then everything's going to be perfect and just kind of fall into place. But it's not that simple. Um and when they have trials or hard times, they're like, just, they kind of curse God for it. Like, why did you do this to me? I've been so good to you. Um, and I almost find it, the harder you're trying to get closer to God, the more like rough stuff you're going to face, but the easier it's going to be to get over it through God. Um, and they also wonder how people could like, endure horrible circumstances and still be joyful which the bible like shows us and tells us how to do that so uh peter talks about joy through trials um in first peter 1 6 through 9 he says in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that your faith <clears throat> of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I love this part because it's so true, especially to me. And it also says, um, like, gold has to be refined in fire. Just like we have to be refined in fire. We have to go through hardships to come out stronger. And more beautiful, I guess. Um, we need to understand that the joy of the world is not the same as the joy of the spirit. I would almost say it's the happiness of the world and the joy of the spirit. I like using, I don't like using happiness and joy interchangeably. So worldly happiness comes and goes, and it's often like in waves, and you get it from things. Um, but the spirit's joy can stay with you even if you're sad. Um, <clears throat> And there's always joy. You can have a rough day and still be grateful. Which I feel like is something that everybody needs to do. But it's much easier to do when you're a Christian and you've looked at scripture and you've prayed to God. Um, and we also need to understand that God's joy can't be taken away. Um, as believers, we're promised a constant presence of the Holy Spirit, which is basically his joy. So I mentioned earlier in John 15, 11, um, I have told you this so my joy may be uh, in you and your joy may be complete. And other examples are Acts 13.52, which is, and the disciples were filled uh, with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So they're, they're, they go together. Um, and then Acts 16.34 says, The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. And this part right here that I'm talking about um, is basically like stop complaining 
And I know that sounds really weird, but it'll make a little bit more sense. So like salvation, joy is a free gift from God when we believe in him. We're filled fresh with the Holy Spirit. Um, and something I didn't realize was you can choose joy over all those bad feelings. And I went through a time where I didn't exactly understand how joy could be a choice. Um, like, oh, I can't just be happy. Like, why is this so hard? Um, but you can be sad and still be joyful because it's all about those ups and downs, but also that constant reassurance of thankfulness and grace and love of God. And it is a choice to try and seek God for that joy um, or that happiness if you're, because if you're always full of joy and you're seeking happiness, that's another thing. Um, it can also be the people that you're hanging out with. And this is like people, like things that bring you down, right? Um, sometimes school brings people down or people, and I'm going to be honest, most of the time it is people. Even if you've been friends with someone for multiple years, I find it easier and easier as I get more in tune with God. Um, like his wants for like for me and uh, from me for him um i get off put by certain people that are bad influences um it's not that i don't love them any less i just know that becoming close with them would most likely have more of an influence on me than them and that's why i kind of draw the line i'll still share the gospel but i wouldn't necessarily be friends with everybody i share the gospel with <clears throat> and um, where to go? But also, uh, you have to remember that conversation, or, sorry, uh, conversion or giving, um, struggling worldly Christians, like, verses isn't going to fix anything, necessarily. I would also sort of argue that worldly Christians aren't real, true believers in Christ, because if you were, you'd want to follow him, and, um, you wouldn't be so in, like, involved in the worldly things, but it still is completely valid to like struggle with that stuff because I do all the time as well. Um, and once you try to share the gospel with people and they reject it, it isn't your responsibility anymore because God's used you to tell them you don't need to keep um, coming after it unless you feel like God's specifically telling you to do that. And um, I've tried to get some people that I know to either, like, specifically Christian people, to uh, stop vaping or doing certain drugs that are literally illegal because you're underage, but anyways, um, or people who are continuously getting into new relationships like every week or every other week. Um, and I know not just my heart, like not from my heart, but also in the Bible, that that isn't necessarily how a Christian should act. If you keep getting into relationships because you can't be alone, um, or you just constantly need that person with you, that relationship, then you're not spending enough time on yourself or with God or like yourself with God. Because if you have a good relationship with God, you shouldn't have the need or necessarily the desire to always want to be in a relationship. It's also not good for your mental health if you're, or your future spouse, for one. If you're with somebody and you tell them all this stuff and you do all this stuff for like a week and then you break up and then it's just a repeated cycle over and over and over, it's going to get less and less special and mean less and less um, to both people involved. And then usually some of them will just uh, 
like the ones constantly getting getting into relationships they'll lack empathy or just have this sort of emptiness in them because they've been seeking that same feeling with other people instead of god it's basically a form of idolatry um which is why a lot of teenagers probably shouldn't date until they're older because they need to put god first because that's the most important relationship um, but if you get yeah, like if you give them scripture to encourage them and they don't stop, it's no longer your job. God's used you. Um, in most instances, I end up drifting away from those people because they drag me down in my faith. Uh, because I don't want to be unequally yoked in friendships um, that have no hope as improving as of now. And when I say unequally yoked, that's a Bible verse. I can't remember which one. Just look it up. Uh, it's one of my favorite Bible verses, so I'm upset that I can't remember what it is. But it's not just talking about Christians and non-Christians. It's also talking about um, the level of spiritual maturity in people. So when I look for good, close friends that I want to hang around a lot or invite over to my house, I want it to be people who are going to want to do Bible studies with me and do worship time with me and have communion together and all that kind of stuff. Um, like <laughs> girls, girls, Christian girls, girls. Like put, put your <clears throat> same-sex friends first. Um, well, technically put God first, but after like family, like when you're putting your friends first, um, I guess that's sort of in a way saying like, not um, like a relationship, if you know what I mean. And I also have a few more verses. So in 2 Corinthians 8, 2 through 3, it says, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty uh, welled up in rich generosity for i testify that they gave us as much as they were able and even beyond their ability and first thessalonians 1 1 6 says you became imitators of us and of the lord in spite of severe suffering you welcome the message with the joy given by the holy spirit um and then another first thessalonians this is 5 16 says be joyful always uh hebrews 12 2 says let her fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand, the right, <laughs> the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews is a really W book. I was going through some stuff, and my youth pastor recommended I read it. Um, and I'm still not completely done. I've more done stuff where like I um, kind of skip around in it, but it is a really good book. All the books in the Bible are good. I can't really pick a favorite, but I do really like Philippians because it's the book of joy and it's written in prison, which is why I was going to group joy and Philippians together, but it's 15 minutes already and I'm almost done. So I'm just going to do the rest of the I'm also a little sick if you can't tell. Well, not sick, but it's getting kind of late and my voice is starting to sort of die. But anyways, um, and all throughout scripture, we see these different trials and hardships and how people overcame them and what specifically they did. And we can also see patterns and hardships, like maybe the specific thing that's going on is because of this, or there's certain um, Bible verses I have in the back of my Bible for certain scenarios, which is really helpful. I have like a journaling Bible. It has cross-references and note areas, and it's, it's, really, it's a really good Bible. My youth pastor got it for me. Thank you, Ben. Um... And you can consider each trial joy, because if you're going through a trial, if you're going through a rough time, and you're 
a Christian and you love God and you're trying to become more Christian-like or Christ-like, uh, it's because Satan's scared of you. Just remember that. You're doing awesome. Um, and you can rejoice with joy and full glory even when you feel like you're being left out or alone um, in like social settings, which is something that I've gone through multiple times where I get, uh, and this kind of goes for anybody, even if you're not super close friends with somebody and then they have like a party or a get together with a bunch of your friends and you're not invited, it can really sting. Um, but I think that's sort of God showing us that when we don't have, um, those people to talk to, we have to talk to him and, I think, yeah, if you're going to go to your friend, talk to your friend about something, probably pray about it first. Talk to God about it. Um, because sometimes there's certain things that shouldn't be shared with your friends. Especially if you're a teenager like me. Um, and just know that you can endure whatever circumstance that's making you like scared or angry or uh, whatever you may feel. Because um, the Bible says, do not be afraid. It's 365 times. So you can read a do not be afraid verse literally every single day of the year except for leap year ignore that uh, me and my uh neighbor my friend ava were writing on little pieces of paper um do not be afraid uh or not not do not be afraid every verse that says do not be afraid and so every day you pull a verse out and then you go in the bible and find where it says do not be afraid <clears throat> And the last verse I have is Galatians 5, 22. But the, spirit, or, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now those who belong in Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. I'm also going to have a section or do something on Galatians. Probably specifically like the end of 5 about all the fruits in the Spirit. Um because I am going to do something on the Holy Spirit and just the fruits of the Spirit. And I was also going to do one on um, spiritual gifts. I'm really excited to do uh, that episode. And I think I'm going to do that one next, actually. For just, uh, sorry, not for the Spirit. I'm going to do um, either Philippians or spiritual gifts next. I'm super excited for that. So uh, sorry that my voice has been bad this entire video and I've been clearing my throat and everything, but I just really felt like I should share this, um, with all of you and, uh, uh, bye little Christ, um, <laughs> have a good rest of your day.